start recording. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Valves, Revalve in a Box. They also do engines, by the way. And let's be honest, both your suspension and your engine need a little bit of attention. So, go ahead, call up Racetech, find a service dealer near you, get your bike completely dialed. You're going to be feeling better on the track. That's going to give you a little bit more confidence to even ride more than you already don't do. And then you're going to drop your lap times. You're going to win the championship. And then you can call Big MX Radio and thank them not only for helping you win that championship, but saving you 10% when you mention Big MX Radio. Luxon MX, the triple clamps, they look awesome, but they're also going to help your bike handle better. That's the whole point of them. Obviously, they look cool. That's like that's awesome and all. But let's get you into a brand new set of triple clamps, which the Gen 3s actually have a different offset that you can switch in between. That is super, super cool. Um, shout out to those guys for innovating that every single time. The, the next generation that comes out, it always have a, a new chick up their sleeves. You can save 10% with Big MX at checkout when you shop online, or you can call them up, mention Big MX Radio, and on the invoice they will save you that 10 percent. same that goes for wusa guts racing my seat covers need to be replaced i have a feeling yours do as well big mx 20 saves you 20 percent at checkout that's enough for the sponsors a minute and 20 seconds of that uh that you've listened to uh some podcasts start off with four minutes of podcast and we're not those guys this is big mx radio i am your host big uh, brad gebhardt and with us on the line for the third time in feels like as many weeks he leaves without a trace. He came here tonight to get on my case. It is none other than Zach Heron. Heron Dane, how's it going? What's up? What's up? How are we? Oh, I'm revved up, my friend. We are two rounds into the AMA Nationals. I just realized that when this the whole thing wraps up, we're going to have to basically do a, uh, a season synopsis after the 11th round because we're doing these every other round. Um, it. To me, it does not make sense to just like incrementally break down these races, race by race by race. Uh, there's too much that goes on, uh, that the way things kind of ebb and flows, and you overreact to something, and all of a sudden the next weekend that info meant absolutely nothing. Plus, we don't have that kind of time. But what we can do is we can look back at the last two rounds of, uh, of AMA uh, Motocross, and when we start off with the 250 class, it honestly, like to me, I am absolutely mind blown with how the series has gone so far. You have multiple winners, both classes, or in almost in both races. Uh, you have Caden Deegan now getting a win. But let's start off things off with uh, the current points leaders, Hunter Lawrence, uh, the 96 in your program, likely number one in your heart because you love the Aussies. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the 250 class. Man, it's, uh, I feel like here as of recently, the, the talk in the motocross community, in community has been how deep the 450 class is. And that's been fantastic. It obviously, it's made for great racing. But I think uh, this summer in particular is really an opportunity for those 250 riders to step into the spotlight. Uh, obviously, if you're on social media, you're looking around. Um, we're not giving anything away. And we'll get to that later as far as the 450s go. But I think everybody can see as far as the depth, the 250 class is the one that stands out right now. Um, and yeah, as far as Hunter Lawrence goes, I've been impressed. Obviously, he's got the red plate right now, so he's, he's clearly doing something right. Um, but I think some people were expecting to see maybe a little more raw speed, maybe the ability to just cut through a little bit quicker. Um, but I, I'm not complaining. It, it makes it interesting to watch, um, and it's going to provide a challenge for, for the Honda rider, who right now seems to be able to uh, put it up on the box. I was just looking at some of the stats, and I believe his average finish as of right now is, is that second spot. So 
not a bad spot to be in. Like I said, he's got the red plate. Um, and I think for somebody like Hunter, he came into the season immediately thinking about the championship. These guys, um, especially as tight as that crew is there with, with Hunter and Jet, um, I think they both came into the season immediately thinking about the championship. And so um, perhaps we're not seeing Hunter take some of those crazy big risks that we've seen in the past. And uh, he's thinking a little more big picture. And we'll just see this uh, consistency that uh, we've seen people like Ryan Dungey use to consistently pick off championships. So uh, exciting stuff with Honda Rider right now. Certainly. And you just hit the nail on the head as far as the depth of this class. If you just look at the points right now, you can look as far back as 19, no, 20th in points and still find yourself a, a, a factory rider, someone who's on a, a factory back machine. That's Caden Braswell right now. He's had a very up and down start to his season. He's And that means up and down as far as him hitting the dirt. Um, I don't think there's been a single race so far that he hasn't started outside the top 20. So clearly starts are not exactly his forte. But the 243 machine um, has been able to charge forward, especially in that last race. Uh, of course, everyone was really bummed to see Jeremy Martin go down. He just basically turned his wrist into a flying W uh, in the second corner there. Uh, Braswell was on scene in there as well. He's on the ground. He charged all the way back from 40th, obviously. He was, he was down, or I guess maybe 39th or 38th. Came back to a 16th in that moto. Not where he wants to be, but... In my opinion, just a hats off for a rookie who this time last year was prepping for Loretta Lynn's um, to battle back. Obviously, he needs to, to better his performances. He wants to be inside, well inside the top 20. Uh, but just as far as talking about the depth of the class, you have factory riders all the way back through the top 20. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you are that Troy Lee Designs Gas Vest team, um, that's exactly what you're trying to do. Say, hey, look, look at what you did do. Look at the people that you came through. Um, those guys, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, they've had uh, some experience, I guess you could say, with poor motos. Uh, bad luck, honestly, is a lot of it. And, and I think so if you're that team, um, you're trying to keep Caden's uh, personality up high, keep the, the spirits up high. And so I think trying to focus on those positives, say, hey, look, you made a lot of passes. Um you know, you're getting things figured out. I think we all know he was a little late as far as getting everything set up. And that was one of the questions coming into the season. I know we even talked about it as far as um, everybody says they're comfortable, right? But exactly how comfortable are you? Um, and then you can be, you can feel great at the practice track. But when you show up on race day, sometimes it, it we've seen it even in the 450 pass. It throws these guys for a loop and, and they're less searching for answers. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, Caden's expecting more. I think TLD is as well. And, and I expect to see consistency throughout the season. Um, you know, one of the big things that I, I was even going to say about the entire 250 class is with it being so deep, uh, we know these guys are kind of the, oh, we're going to hang it out. Let's just go for it and see what happens. They're all out there trying to prove something. Um, I think as we get further and further into the season, I hope we just don't start to see injuries stacking up. No, I, I, if we see injuries starting to stack up in the 250s the way the 450s are right now, we'll be in a hurting place, as will the riders. But um, right now, it, the fact that we've had so much variance in the, the moto finishes, whether it's Hunter, whether it's uh, Deegan, Cooper, Vial, um, like Hampshire, he's not happy this last weekend with a 5-5. That is, like, you are not stoked on that whatsoever. But uh, the reality is, is... 
the 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 very top of this class like Hunter Lawrence is starting to like as as much as it's been close he's also starting to remove himself he already has a 28 point advantage over sixth place in points right now which is Joe Shimoda who nobody had Joe being sixth in points on their bingo card rolling into the season he's been on the ground a number of times already in a very young season um what what are your thoughts on sort of just the the how the ball has started to roll so far for a young Joe Shimoda who like we know he's heading to factory Honda for next year obviously the, like those ducks are in a row but you know he wants to have a positive season he needs to and he sure as hell wants to be uh top five at the very least in points he wants to be on the box well and obviously if you're talking about that for a circuit team uh it's not Joe only with those expectations and um what is still I think the winningest 250 team there there is in history I believe you're gonna have to check me on that uh pro circuit you know they've been another team that's been searching for answers for a while and for somebody like Joe Shimoda yeah he is young but uh he's been around he's been on the circuit for a while and and I think he is uh we're not hitting the panic button yet and and, uh, that is something I think we have to do as we talk about you know we can only talk about what we've seen so far but it is only two rounds but you know, in this kind of season with this kind of field, you can't really afford to have these bad races like this and to be outside the top five in points already. Um, I'm not expecting a whole lot of uh, – I don't think anybody's stoked over at the Kawasaki rig, and I think uh, they, they've got to come out immediately and start answering and start to at least getting on the box more regularly uh, to really get in a threat at all for this title. Because um, like you said, with the way it's – it's turning out right now, Hunter, he's he's doing exactly what needs to get done. He's got a little bit of a buffer already, um, and that's bad news for everybody else. When I look at this lineup of the 250 class, I just think of abundance. We have so much of everything. We have so many rookies. We have so many um, veterans all at the very same time. Like, like this is, I believe, Jet, or Hunter Lawrence's fourth or fifth year racing outdoor nationals. Um, same thing for Justin Cooper. RJ seems to have been there forever. Um, like, and then you have rookies like Hayden Deegan, who now has a, his first moto win. It's absolutely dr- ridiculous. Say what you want about this kid. Like, honestly, the, the fans of him, a bit nauseating at times, but they've picked themselves a winner because this kid is fit. This kid is fast. This kid is flashy. If you're a young fan, like I, I, I can't really put my shoes in like myself into the shoes of a 15-year-old looking up to a kid like Hayden Deegan. But like honestly, like he's got the whole recipe right now and and the fitness to back it up. Uh, I'm really impressed with the kid. I think there's a few people that were a little bit surprised with me when, when we did our uh, our prediction, and I put Hayden Deegan in my podium as far as like top three for the the po- the, the championship. And he's making me look pretty smart right now. Not only with a moto win, but 16 laps led and like good starts, good finishing, good qualifying. Um, the kid looks good. Yeah, it's uh, he's one of those guys where we knew that, right? We knew he was fast. And the question was, was he going to be able to stay in control? Was he going to be able to, um, I feel like kind of, not hold back, but I feel like with Hayden, he gets very excited. You can even hear in his interviews. He's, he's a He's a kid. He's excited. Um, and, and so he's one of those ones where, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm very impressed. I was extremely impressed in Supercross. And I think uh, we even said uh, so much of that goes to just his team and, and who he keeps around him. Brian, obviously, 
um, guiding him very well as far as uh, just the way he handles himself and he handles his career now as he starts to uh, become a man and, and move into his own. Um, but I think, yeah, I just – I hope, honestly, I hope Hayden's able to keep it consistent because uh, if you look at the numbers, folks, Hayden Deeg is the closest one right now. And, I mean, uh, you know, we see that rookie speed. And um, I, in a lot of ways, I've, I've heard some comparisons to from Hayden to Jet. Um, but Jet was another one. I'm not a pessimistic person, but I feel like, you know, oh, when that rookie comes out and he's just blindingly fast, I feel like a lot of people sit there and go, oh, well, just wait. Just wait for the big one. Wait for – Whatever something happened, the rookie mistake. And if you look at Jet, sure, he had some issues, but I think a lot of people would say that, that he has kind of broken that stigma a bit. And I think Hayden is another one where it's like, man, this kid is really able to perform. And, and I was talking to somebody the other day about what separates him, and, and they brought up, they were like, do you think he gets less nervous because he's already so – like followed and such a social media icon. Definitely. And so it, it's, it's just interesting. I mean, it's just interesting. I think he's, uh, he's still learning how to take the, the pro fans and, and having those kind of face-to-face interactions week after week. Um, but you could even see after he won, it looked like a flood of people just sprinting to the podium. Um, and, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have a, another kid that is, uh, just a bright-eyed, uh, eager young kid to try to prove himself. And, and beyond just this year, I think we are very, very fortunate for what's about to come in pro motocross racing. Uh, you want to look in the next three to five years especially. Certainly. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this as a bit of a, a prediction for the rest of his career. I think it's good for motocross, good for supercross, if Hayden Deegan is doing well. Um, just like the imprint that he has, his marketability, um, when, when, when he's going to be doing well in the future, the sport will be doing well as well. Um, and same can be said for a lot of the, the top-tier guys, like a guy like Jet Lawrence or, uh, or even a, a Chase Sexton. They're developing the followings that um, really help to drive uh, the, the industry and, and get people excited about it, get a lot of buzz around it. Um, one person who's been buzzing around the top three who is yet to, to land himself a podium overall is Tom Vial. He's he's from France. He's learning these tracks as they go. It, it kind of tells me, uh, kind of like uh, is one of like the thing that sort of jumps out at me right off the hop when you look at his season stats so far is that average qualifying of 11th, meaning obviously he's having a little bit of a tricky time uh, getting used to these tracks. I think he's going to have a little bit easier time at a place like Colorado. This is pretty off cambered. Same thing with High Point. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes here as well. Um, well, you're never really straight up and down in Colorado. I think that's going to help Bial a little bit, uh, as well as it's sort of hard pack, very much sort of like we saw at at Hangtown. Um, biggest thing so far, he's led zero laps, but he's had good starts, which means like he's at a like he he's he's starting okay. He he might be moving back right off the hop because he's maybe not used to the track, but eventually, once he finds his flow, he's moving back into that top five position. That's why he's fourth in points. What have you thought? What what have, what have you saw from the Frenchman? Well, you know, uh, I was curious whether or not you were going to call me out on it, but if you remember, Tom Vial was, uh, I boldly claimed, was going to get the first hole shot of the 2023 season, and he didn't. Um, it was a I good start, don't get me wrong, but he was. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him, he just reminds me so much of, of Marvin Mooski. You just look at the technicality, how his style is, and the way he flows on the bike, um, and, and, you know, off. They're off both the 120 pounds. With those, well, it's synonymous with those French riders. I mean, you even want to throw it back to Christophe Porcel. The guy was just 
buttery smooth. And so mm-hmm. um, I do, I even put in my notes, Vial is going to improve. I, I think um, obviously that Red Bull KTM team speaks for itself as far as what they're capable of doing. Um, but yeah, they've got uh, they've got a little bit of a of a young two fifty their team. You know, it's like it's like Max Boland or Maximus. You know, he he got the good starts, um, but the consistency has got to kind of you know that's kind of been the the nail on the side there. So uh, with Vial, he is sitting in that fourth place spot, um, and that team's probably sitting there saying, hey, you know, we're we're fighting for a podium in the points right now, um, and he's fighting for a podium in the motos as well. Uh, I think the intensity. Of, of the qualifying, I mean, often, you know, you hear a lot of riders, they don't like the way qualifying is as far as you basically have to go out and, and sprint pretty much your second lap uh, on the track. And, and for somebody like Tom, where it's, that's not where he's been probably studying a lot. It's not like he's been watching film on these tracks for years. And so, yeah, I, I think, uh, I hope he starts to improve as we go into some of these other tracks that I feel like cater a little more towards the European style. Um, definitely, like you were saying, Colorado, the hard pack style. Uh, seems like the Europeans oftentimes do well at places like Butts Creek as well. Um, so, I think for Vial, big picture is just you know take the positives, try to stay consistent, um, and, and you know start searching for those podiums. That, that I think is the next step, is, is to be a consistent threat, and, and oftentimes he's working from the back and so, uh, to your point, when he does get those good starts, those first lap or two, he's got to get the dogfight. And, I mean, especially in that 250 class, they're, they are going for it. And so, um, yeah, he's just got to maybe step up the intensity a little bit. Easy for me to say, you know, sitting here watching. But um, if he can kind of prevent that initial fade back, he's not going to have to fight quite as hard there at the end. So, uh, But all in all, I think the, the Frenchman's got to be satisfied at the moment. Certainly, I, I think he's got to be—he's going to be feeling good about what he's done so far. Um, I think there is potential for him if he gets that starts, those starts that you were talking about. Um, he's going to lead laps and he's going to win a moto. Uh, whether he wins a national uh, this year is yet to be seen, but we still haven't hit a lot of those tracks that sort of favor some of um, some of the Euros. Uh, one thing I want to touch on before we move over to the. Uh, the 450 class, a um, couple of guys we might not see for a while. Michael Moseman uh, going down, being hurt. Uh, it's been pretty ugly for him here in 2023. Um, and he's he's going to be hurt again. He's going to miss some time and missing a lot more time. And honestly, I would not be shocked if we've seen the last of, and it's very sad to say so, uh, Jeremy Martin, the number six. Um, he gets just absolutely pile-driven into the ground, and uh, his wrist ends up looking like a W. Um, afterwards, uh, what were your thoughts seeing uh, seeing him casually walk over to the mobile medical, uh, mobile medical mule, getting assessed, and uh, getting carted off with uh, a funny-looking wrist there? I mean, your, your heart just breaks for him, doesn't it? Uh, and obviously, he's been through so much. I was actually at Muddy Creek. Uh, the year that he had his, uh, I can't, was it was his back or was it his neck? Um, back. I, I can't exactly remember what back. Okay, yeah, and it was we were right there when it happened. And I mean, these riders, as as closely as we follow the sport and stuff like that, it it's personal. You know, these are good guys. Obviously, we listen to them on podcasts and we listen to their interviews and social media. And, and yeah, sure, we don't know them personally, but we we start to say, hey, you know, I genuinely like this guy. I like the way he carries himself, the things that he stands for. And, and J. Mark's one of those guys where he's just been a hard worker. 
Um, he, he's, he's funny, and he, he doesn't cut himself any breaks. And it's just one of those guys where you feel like he, he's due for a little bit of good. And, man, when you see that, I, I mean, just watching that replay, it, it, it makes your stomach curl because it's like, man, this, this sport is just it, it's so brutal. Uh, I mean, it, it's it never it's cruel to amaze me. Just it, it's one of those things where the second you start to forget it, the second you start to to settle about it, it something like this happens. Where it's it's that's Jeremy Martin, multi-time champion. I, I mean, one of the best to ever do it, and and something like that can happen to him. And it, it's it's you know when you're going in a start like that, forty-two deep, those are those are the risks you take. And so yeah, it was it was heartbreaking and. and to your point, as far as it possibly being the last time that we see him, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, what what can you say? As much as he's gone through, and and um, with with what he has accomplished, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would obviously be disappointed, but you have to completely understand. I mean, you have to think about long term. He's obviously uh, you know starting to get older, and with that comes the thought of of bigger pictures and, and life after after racing and so um we'll see I, I hope to see the number six again um but yeah just just a heartbreaker to watch certain no it's uh watching him get it carted off uh, i doubt we see him again uh, the rest of the summer uh, maybe we see him in world supercross um in the future maybe we see him back on a bike next year um, but it would not surprise me if, uh, if like he's had so many injuries and let's be honest, he's a lot of years removed from maybe his, his most dominant years. And, uh, yeah, no one would fall a guy for basically just uh, throwing up his hands and saying, um, I've had enough. Um, all right. So that's the 250 class. There's a few other guys that we could have talked about. Um, but, uh, uh, we'll kind of, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on guys like, uh, Ryder DeFrancisco, who's had a actually pretty solid start to his rookie. Like, this is basically a rookie campaign, even though he is number 75. Um, same thing with uh, Levi Kitchen and uh, and Volan, who just had, who's raced at his home race for the very, I think this is the third time he's been there. Um, but let's move on to the 450 class. But before we do, uh, anytime that I have a representative from the GNCC series on the line, I feel obligated to uh, pick his brain about it because... You're on the scene. You're literally play-by-playing the entire race, uh, and then doing the podium interviews afterwards. So you're man on the scene uh, when it comes to GNCC. And there's more likely than a few people who listen to the show who also enjoy heading out into the woods and getting dirty. So uh, give me a little bit of a synopsis of High Point. Yeah. So if uh, if this is your first time hearing the, the GNCC update of 2023, uh, we've had a historical season so far. Seven different winners in the first seven races there in that XB1 class. And uh, I, I'm a little little heartbroken. You know, all good things must come to an end. But I'm extremely happy for Craig DeLong on the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, uh, the first two-time winner of 2023. Um, and and it's, I, I have talked about it before. I have seen the extreme side of GNCC when it comes to the mud. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you, the it, it blew my mind what these these racers were willing to go through out there and this past weekend i was in uh, mount morris pennsylvania literally across the street from high point raceway where they'll be in just a few weeks uh for the mason dixon gncc uh, put on by parts unlimited there and uh it was the complete opposite i'm talking a dust bowl that uh once it, it looked dry left my mouth oh, we'll just say open. that it looked dry uh I, 
Yes, and you know, coming from from motocross background, when people start talking about doing air filter swaps in the middle of a race, like my head started spinning. I, I mean, it is insane to see not only what the racers do, but the way these teams. It, it, like I said, it's like a NASCAR pit crew out there. Uh, riders coming in the the FMF Red Bull KTM team, especially they came in, they popped a filter in there in a matter of seconds. Uh, it, it was just. Truly uh, impressive on all ends there, but uh, it was a great race. The dust was kicking up. Uh, we actually got a little bit of a rain shower on Saturday when the quads were racing, uh, but the the bike side of things was exciting. Lane Michael made his return to the series, and uh, he kept us on our toes. He could have been one of the uh, one of the eight one of the riders to be the eighth different uh, winner, and he led for a long, long time, and and it came all the way down to the wire. Um, if you've never been to the Mount Morris area, it's very uh, hilly terrain. So uh, we had a lot of off-camera corners, um, made for some really great passing, a little bit of little bit of rubbing out there, and, and even in some of the youth classes, but they made for great racing and uh, an exciting announcing opportunity for sure. But, uh, yeah, right now it's uh, it's been a wild one. Stu Baylor had the points lead, and for some reason, Stu, when he gets the reverse plate, which is what the points leader run in GNCC, um, he just doesn't seem to hang on to it. And so he had some bad luck. And uh, Craig DeLong now takes over the points lead uh, with also becoming the second two-time winner. So it's been it's been an exciting season. We've got a little bit of a break. Uh, we got one more round at Snowshoe Ski Resort coming up uh, next weekend, or two weekends from now, the 24th and the 25th. Um, and that is kind of like the big celebration. And then they send off into the summer break. And we won't pick up till uh, I believe, September. Fair enough. Well, uh, looking forward to possibly seeing you at the Verb Shred Tour event uh, June, July 8th, uh, the weekend in Illinois. But, uh, dude, that's super cool. Uh, like the, the, the GNCC series is getting more and more attention year over year over year, and for good reason because there's some awesome racing going on there with some great characters to match. Um, but that wasn't the, the coolest thing about you going to uh, Morgantown, uh, West Virginia, Um you, you sent me a snap from yesterday morning. Uh, I saw an Ulta. I saw uh, trophies. I saw memorabilia. I saw I saw a room that if I was to left alone in for 24 hours, I I, I honestly like I, I I'd get zero sleep for one, and they'd have to strip search me on the way out because of all the interesting things that I would be wanting to take home with me. Tell me about it. Man, so, uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Right down the road uh, was basically Racer X headquarters. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to go over there and, and walk through uh, and get to tour the, the main office there where uh, the people that oversee GNCC, uh, Loretta Lens, as well as Pro Motocross, ATV Motocross, it's all out of the same building. Um, I, I don't think a lot of the people on the, the grassroots level realize just how connected all of the pro racing series are and when I tell you these people are hard workers, um, just when I start to feel a little bit sorry for myself, I've been out there all day working, working like a dog. I see, you know, the the big bosses, whether it's Tim Cotter or Kerry Joe Russell, and they were there before me, and they're still going long after it's time for me to go home. And so, uh, yeah, just a huge shout out to them. But when yeah, you when I talk about some cool stuff, I'm scrolling through my photos right now, um, and. I mean, you know, you've got one of Ricky Carmichael's championship winning motorcycles in there. Uh, yeah, the first time I ever actually got to lay eyes on an Alta motorcycle, that was really cool. Uh, just behind it was Dave Coombs Sr.'s bike. 
Um, I got to scroll through a Loretta Lynn's bib, I believe, from every single year they raced. Uh, so cool. the, from the first bib all the way to the most recent one. Yeah, that was a really cool one. Um, and then the laundry list of jerseys that I took a picture of. I'm talking Steve Lampson, Jeff Emick, Jimmy Button, Jimmy Weinert, uh, Nathan Ramsey's championship-winning pro circuit jersey, uh, Michael Lessie, Blake Baggett, uh, and even Casey Carlisle from Supercross the movie, Team Nami, baby. The Nami bike, honestly, dude. I I want to. I haven't rewatched that movie in a long time. I I assume it has not aged well, um, but I think like I think at some point it, we, I I either need to watch it or we need to figure out a way to like watch it on like YouTube live and then do like a commentary and have people watch it with us. Is is that even possible? Oh, absolutely. I don't know, but if it isn't, we need to figure out a way because that's one of those movies where uh, it's. It's almost enjoyable to watch for some of the worst reasons possible. Yeah. No, it, it's so bad, it's good. And it's funny that, that, that at the time, I don't know who any of the people in the movie are, aside from like Channing Tatum and a couple of the actors. But now now that I've, I've re-watched it, or I've, I've kind of made my way in the industry, like I actually know who half of the, like the test riders are, or like the stunt guys are, like... Um, Regis Harrington's in that movie, uh, Jim Castillo's in that movie, or no, Dave Castillo's in that movie, rather, Jim is his dad, um, Rich Taylor's in that movie, in one of the most iconic shots where the bike takes off on a two-stroke, flies through the air on a four-stroke, and then lands on a two-stroke again, all the while not making the sound of either one of those bikes, um, yep. and that, that, those are that, those are details that are just intrinsic and amazing about that whole thing. So I think that's maybe a project that we need to put on uh, um, some sort of uh, expedient. Like this must be some sort of screen sharing that I can do during YouTube Live, and it'll probably flag us and tear it down. But either way, it'll be awesome in the moment. Let's talk four fifties. We do a series out of it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, if we don't, then that just blooms into us watching every motocross-related movie uh, known to man and just doing a, uh, a weekly uh, director's commentary to those types of things. Um, Jet Lawrence has now uh, accomplished something that only one other right racer prior to this last weekend has done, which is lead every lap of the first two nationals of the AMA uh, National Series. Um, 16 laps in both motos this last weekend. He led every lap at Fox Raceway. He led every lap at Hangtown. Him and James Stewart are the only two guys who have led every lap to start the series of the first two nationals. Uh, and of course, in two thousand, it was it was James Stewart doing that in two thousand and eight, which happened to be a perfect season. Now, I'm not saying that Jet Lawrence is doing a perfect seat is going to have a perfect season, but up until now, he's barely been challenged. Um, he he looks to be in full control. Uh, of course, anything can happen because it's motocross. But uh, like, like. Zach, I, I honestly like I have a really hard time thinking that anybody on this list is going to be able to just straight up go out and beat him right now. Um, like unfortunately for us and everybody else, um, we were we're without um, we're without Chase Sexton for probably at least a good amount of time. He may be back soon, but like you can't miss nationals and win championships, uh, at least not the outdoor championship. Um, what are your thoughts on maybe one of the most, like, uh, as a rookie, the, it has to be, it has to be the, the most dominant performance that a 450 rookie has ever put together over the course of two races. So it's, it's so funny. I'm looking at my notes right now and I've got jet 
And then out beside it, I just said, holy shit, because quite frankly, I don't know what else you can say at the moment. I mean, if there was any shred of doubt, it, it has been put to bed. And then right underneath it, I said, don't mention the perfect season, because every time we see it, I don't want to put the, the commentary curse on it, you know what I mean? But God, how do you not? It's just you look at him, and it's like the guy is riding around on a, on a legitimate Sunday cruise. Like, he's just hanging out. He's flowing. He's, he's hipping jumps, and he's just – he's doing these little – these little stylistic maneuvers where you're like, man, this guy is just having fun out there. Like, he's just playing around. And, and then you go look at, at people like Dylan Ferrandis and, and Cooper Webb, AP. I, I mean, you look at them, and I am not trying to slight – Anybody. I mean, you look at the, the, the 39 other riders out there, they are grinding. The conditions were gnarly. Uh, I mean, Fox Raceway was brutal. And, and then Hangtown, I thought, was actually a really nice track. But, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's tough out there. And Jet is riding around and making it look like he's just, just hopping around. It's, uh, it's something where I think right now the number 18 is the only person that can stop the number 18. And so we got to see, um, you know, uh, it might not have been quite this dominant, but uh, you want to take it back to 2015. You saw Eli Tomac out there and you're mm-hmm. just like, man, this guy is, he's on another level right now. Like, like these boys are sweating. And, and then obviously we know what happened. Um, and when you're running such extreme speeds like that, where he's just, it's like, he's, he's just found something else. Um, you start to you start to say, "Oh man, well I just hope he's he's able to control it." When you're riding that fast, things things happen very fast as well. And so uh, for right now, number eighteen, he's got a big buffer. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a good spot to be in as far as points go? Um, basically, a, a twenty point lead already. And so it's something for Jet, where I'm sure Luke Smirtle, Jacob Hayes, um, their entire team there is just saying, "Hey man." You already need to start thinking about the championship. You know, do what you can do. He's got to keep getting those starts. That that right there, I think, has been the, the nail in the coffin for these boys. Is it's like he comes out of the gate like a rocket, and you put him third, you put him fourth off that start. It seems like within the first two turns, he finds a way. And and when you're able to that quickly get out front, we see the sprint speed he's got, and, and, and he puts a puts a couple burners down, gets a gap, and then just works them from there. No, it, it, it is, you just, like, like all of that, just copy. Copy-paste, because the stat line reads like this. Average qualifying, first. Hole shots, two. Average start, first. Lap led, 62 of 62. Average finish, first. Moto wins four. Everyone else has zero. Overall wins two of two. A hundred out of a hundred possible points, and an eighteen-point lead over second place in the points. Um, it's a beatdown. It's an absolute. Uh, it's a walk away right now. And like you said, I think the only person that can de- derail this for Jet Lawrence is Jet Lawrence. He would have to make a catastrophic mistake, and even still. Uh, his closest competitors, uh, he almost has a full moto on them right now. Um, so uh, we are looking at, uh, yeah, maybe one of the most impressive 
definitely the most impressive uh, performances that we've seen, certainly in the 2020s, uh, maybe since the 2010s. Um, like, obviously, we saw three three perfect seasons in the, tw- in the, the 2000s, which is unheard of. It's still to this day, it's never been matched uh, or even came in anywhere close to. Uh, I didn't think we were going to see um, dominance of this level anymore, given the fact that we just have so many, like, the, those... The, the factories of superstars that uh, is like Club MX and uh, MTF and com- kids coming over from Europe. Um, I didn't think we'd see this uh, anymore. But given the fact that we have so many injuries in the class, the, the talent pool in this class right now is not at where it should be or what it could be with the amount of guys that are currently out. But you have to race the guys who are there. And currently, he is absolutely smoking those guys. Um, Ferrandis, Webb... Plessinger, they, they made things a little bit closer this last weekend, um, but you as well as I know, uh, Jet, one of the things that has been his calling card in his career so far is that he doesn't stretch out massive leads um, like the, the way Carmichael and Stewart did. Um, the two of those athletes sort of carried themselves in a way that they needed to dominate to the nth degree to just put an absolute exclamation point on it to live, leave no doubt whatsoever. And honestly, I think it's even more of a confident move from Jet saying, you know what, I don't even need to do that. I, I, will, I will win by the six to eight seconds that I know I'm very uh, very confident with. Uh, I can run those lap times to the very end. And uh, yeah, I don't think that uh, Ferrandis, Webb, Plessinger, Seems Real have anything to say about it right now. And uh, yeah, like it's just uh, it's going to be that way. It's going to be Jet Lawrence's world and we're just living in it. For uh, for the foreseeable future, unless um, like a guy like Eli Tomac comes out of uh, like come, comes back from his current injury and races next year, um, I, I really don't see someone being able to challenge him. Well, um, like I think Sexton, obviously, when he comes back, he's uh, he's a next level talent as well. Uh, but it's just Jet Lawrence in the 450 class right now. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I, I really. I don't want to give anything away, but if you want to base it off what we've seen so far, yeah, the the the, the stats speak for itself, and, and and I completely agree. You talk about Ricky Carmichael, you talk about James Stewart, uh, and, and the term "perfect season" I almost feel like gets thrown around too much. Like I don't know. As soon as the guy goes one one, oh, here we go. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I obviously was a lot younger back when I was when Ricky and James were were doing that stuff, and so I don't know. Not to mention, I don't know if there was as much media coverage during the week about it. But, there couldn't uh, be. Well, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like back then, it was like round probably eight or nine, and you're like, oh, my God, like this dude could possibly do it. And, and right now we're, we're four motors in. But, yeah, you want to look at that, it's been, it's been exactly what he needs. It hasn't been, oh, he barely got that win. I feel like everybody can sit there and say he's had pretty good control. And even when Shea supplied pressure, I think – if needed, I think there might have been some more in the tank. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for right now, you just got to sit back and be like, "Man, this is this is really cool." Uh, you talk about Ricky; obviously, he kind of took that fitness to a whole other level. And then you look at somebody like James, where it's just the raw speed. You look at um, Villapoto and Dungey; they kind of were the two where it was like we're taking this to the where if you want to be competitive on the podium at all, then everybody's got to be doing this. And I think we have seen that era where um, obviously now it's gone from Alden Baker training Ricky Carmichael to Alden Baker training essentially the entire Austrian program, um, you know, Gareth Swanepoel and the star team. I mean, uh, so we, we know the fitness is there, and 
the thing is I can't I can't quite figure out what it is that just separates him from everybody else. It's it's he's got the speed and he's clearly he's got the fitness. Uh, and, and I mean, a huge props to Johnny O'Mara there because maybe maybe it is something to be said about going back to a, a smaller camp and and they don't have quite as many bikes around them and and they're doing stuff maybe a little different. But uh, whatever it is, if you're in that Honda HRC camp right now, you have got to be just like on top of the world. And, and so uh, I think those guys. Obviously, it's been a while, and, and I mean, it's it's cool to see the you know the Honda curse break and and when they when they came out from the bottom they came out huge on top as far as winning um the titles there across the board in supercross and now with not only two riders leading both classes in the outdoors but the brothers to be doing it as well it's just a pretty cool story um and hopefully it's not beat to death because everybody's talking about it but uh, you got to sit back and be like man this is cool to see possibly another evolution in the sport happening right now and to be possibly even being done by siblings yeah that is maybe the coolest part is that you've got brothers in both classes knocking down wins like i don't even think you even dare to dream about those types of things when you're you're uh growing up like looking forward to like a possibility of like you just want to make it to the pros i don't think anyone has the the wherewithal uh to dream big enough that me and my brother are going to go over to your to, to the America and just like and dominate and be, and be the the absolute pinnacle of the sport in both classes. Uh, I'm sure it's so, if they if they did think about this, they probably thought of Hunter being the 450 class and Jet taking on the 250s. But regardless, it, it's something uh, amazing to see. Um, and I, I think yeah, like like it's it's not any one of those things you mentioned. It's all of them coming together in the perfect moment. Uh, it's the confidence that's instilled in having like the the great bike with the great trainer and the great program and this things and momentum is a manifestive thing that just continues to sort of roll and uh, it's so great to see. I think they're they're doing an amazing job over there um, and and that's a problem for everybody else. Let's let's touch on a few of these privateers that have been absolutely smashing it. Every single weekend, I'm talking about Lorenzo Lucrucio uh, and uh, Jose Butron um, putting the three digits like the, 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 on, on their back. They are the only three-digit guys inside the top 15. They're in the top 10. I don't think either one of those guys from Venezuela and Spain ever thought that they would be sitting top 10 in points when they first said, hey, let's race some nationals this year. Uh, but here we are. Uh, it is, it's, just, it's, a, it's a treat to watch, honestly. Um, like same thing with, uh, Jerry Robin, uh, for all of the people who he's wronged on the, 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 uh, the fantasy side of things he's, uh, turning up aces for, uh, I actually expected more out of, uh, Frederick, Frederick Norin to start the year, to be completely honest. I kind of slated him in that front of the six, seven spot, just on how he's a good starter and he's going to be fast. Um, but, uh, yeah, who of all the privateers sort of just like jumps off the page at you and says, fucking good for that guy. Well, um, you know, I think you've got to mention Ty Masterpool, uh, who, yes. who got a really solid result at this last round, and, and I believe that was the first round he rode a 450. He rode a 250 first, first race, I think. Yeah, um, he's actually yeah, higher in 450 so, points than he is in 250 points. Yeah, and, and I mean, to go out there and, and perform like that, that's a that's a huge thing for him. Um, you want to go back a little further, I, I think a lot of these riders that you are um, – 
with the the factory guys are out and, and yeah that, that's a bummer but there's a completely opposite side to it and, and you want to talk about hunger uh sure these factory guys want it and they you know they came and they give their all but you want to talk about uh taking food off each other's tables uh fighting for scraps surviving the the privateers are what makes motocross i, I mean i encourage each and every one of you if you've never seen it go look up the great outdoors the privateers uh, I'm sure you've seen Brad is one of the best documentaries, and it, Turbo I Reef. Mean, especially even back then. Yeah, it just shows, yes, yes, and I mean, good old Barry Karsten taping himself up. I, I mean, it is a, uh, it's a testament to really the backbone of this sport entirely. And so um, it, it's really cool to see those guys, uh, obviously Lorenzo and, and Jose both, to be putting that up there inside the top ten just got to be a huge accomplishment for them. Um, but even a little further back, you know, you look at, uh, somebody like, uh, Brandon Ray, uh, he's actually been training around here in the Carolinas. He's up in 16th position. Um, I want to give a big shout out to my, my Carolina boy, Matthew Bertine. He got 34th on the weekend, but he's doing the entire outdoor nationals on the, I'm talking the to him in 20 minutes. Stroke. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. We'll tell him Zach Heron says hello. Cause, uh, yeah, exciting stuff for him and, uh, cool to see him out there. He was having some, some issues. I'm sure he'll tell you all about it, but I'm glad to see him back out here on the 820 machine. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of these riders are getting career bests um, and, and fighting for, you know, possibly first ever points, which is a huge deal for these guys. Certainly. And and uh, the one guy I certainly feel for so far, he's been closest to getting points, but he doesn't have one yet, is Alex Ray. In most situations, 23-22 or 23-21 would end up somewhere around 22nd in points. But Alex this last weekend, 27th overall because he didn't score any points. There was 26 guys who did at least one point. Um, he's yet to score a point in the series so far. You got to think that it's coming. But uh, that's a lot of wet. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of sweat. That's a lot of dollars being put into. Uh, uh, he's he's turning up zeros so far, which uh, is a bummer to me. Uh, the 140 machine is uh, he's suffering. Yeah, I think if you're uh, if you're a Ray, you're you're hoping for more and. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think the up and down nature is, is kind of what has has been the story of his career. Obviously, A-Ray's fast, and we've seen that before, but uh, sometimes the guy just has things go wrong for him. And so um, he's a vet. He's been out there for a while. I think he's going to regroup and uh, hopefully get some more consistent results. But, yeah, definitely a, a bummer for A-Ray there. Certainly. I'm surprised to not see him on any of the lists, or maybe I missed him, for World Supercross. I feel like traveling around the world and racing uh, a dirt bike on a, at least a, like, a Supercross layout is kind of right up that guy's alley in the fact that uh, he's kind of just been like a, he, he's gone off to Finland of all places to go uh, to go to race some, some Supercrosses. So I was surprised to see that, although I think this is sort of like a farewell tour um, for, uh, for A-Ray. But uh, yeah, like uh, Colorado... Uh, some the the altitude. I don't know that I. Uh, I I don't think I love. I don't know if I love that for A Ray, but um, yeah, like it it, it it could work out his way. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you touched on Colorado there, as far as the the altitude, not only as far as the the oxygen and the physical nature of it, but as far as the bike performance side as well. Um, so sometimes we've seen that uh, allow for other people to excel. Uh, some people, I don't really think it evens out the field, obviously, because everybody's at the same altitude. But uh, we've seen some some breakout performances at uh, at Colorado before, so I'm excited to uh, to see what's what's coming up. 
Certainly. And we're going to talk all about it in two rounds time. So after the High Point National, you and I will jump back on here to break it all down for the Big MX Radio podcast. Um, Zach, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show uh, as tradition with every single episode moving forward until you come out with uh, some more tunes. We're going to have to go out with uh, out at the ranch um, once again. Want to uh, tee that one up for me? I appreciate you guys. Yeah, if you haven't already, this is uh, my original song, Out at the Ranch. It's written about uh, racing out at Loretta Lynn's Ranch, uh, the premier amateur national here in the United States. You guys can check it out wherever you get your music at. And we got a pretty cool music video on YouTube as well. Brad, I appreciate you showing me some love, man. Thanks for having me on, and I'll see you in two rounds. From kids up to grown men Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water but Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies hypnotized by the wheel spin Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling Line on the field If you can put it all together three times This one week of racing could And rowdy fans play the national anthem, and everybody stands. Smell the smoke from the two strokes riding by. The 30 second cards on its side. Could change your life Everybody knows this 